Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Coaching Matters Podcast brought to you by Fundraising University and Brian Kane Peak Performance. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches and activities directors in enhancing the student experience and life skill development that is a critical component of our educational systems. Brian Kane, one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, works to educate, empower, and energize you to be your best through his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery systems. Together, each week, we bring you interviews, question and answer sessions, and group coaching around mastering mental performance, creating elite culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. And now, this week's Coaching Matters podcast. And we're back with Dr. Barry Davis, the head baseball coach, Ryder University in New Jersey. And Coach Davis, like to go into some of the questions that you have uh, that have come in from our chat where you just talked with us about, you know, the five pillars of leadership that you uncovered in your research and, and, and leadership and leadership development, consistency and, and consistent communication, standards, the right fit and growth mindset. One of the questions that came in was said that said is when you're establishing standards, are they standards that you write down? Are they standards that you just model? How do you go about creating standards and then teaching those standards to your team? Well, I, I think as, as a coach, when, when I was beginning, um, I was an assistant coach at George Mason University under Billy Brown. And Billy Brown was one of the best organizers that, that I've ever been around. Of course, I was really young, so I hadn't been around a lot. But uh, up until that point, I was just amazed at his organizational skills. And I thought, okay. And I, and now that I'm a lot older and, and he, you know, he's still coaching. Um, I, he was young. So I think when you're young, you know, being organized helps you. Um, you know, there, there are times now I can go out without a piece of paper and conduct a practice just from experience alone, uh, which, which I don't, I don't do. I, I have it down on paper every day. Mm. There's a schedule. Uh, some days to the minute. And it's like that all the time. So to answer your question, one, I think anytime that you're unsure, you write it down. You always write things down. You know, you're not going to be able to 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 make a plan unless you put it on paper, whether you type it. I, I find old school, so I'm writing it physically down on a piece of paper, like my notes here. They're there. Um, I think experience from what you know as a player. If you've never played, then what I would do is I would talk to as many coaches as you could. I also think nowadays with technology, YouTube, uh, you know, just television, the shows, the documentaries you can find. Um, if you go on and just, I just happen to think about it the other, do your job by Bill Belichick. You know, I mean, it's that simple. And if you watch it, 
you know, and you can tape it, you can pause it, you can write things down and you can formulate an idea of, of a standard that you want. What do, what do you believe in? Now, what's going to happen is you're, you're going to, as if you're young, as you go through this, I've been through this 32 years and I've made many mistakes. And that's, that those are the expensive experiences. You know, these are the unexpensive ones now. You know, you're going to, but as you, as you coach and you teach and you're constantly reflecting and you're writing things down, you're going to start to develop those standards and the standards, high standards would simply be as simple. Here, here are four things that we would tell our players. One would be, be coachable. Two, give me a hundred percent. Three, be on time. Four, go to class. And not necessarily in any particular order. You do those four things, then we're probably going to get along just fine. And you're going to be someone that's going to help us, you know, win games or be competitive. So I think standard setting is something that you you decide for yourself. And that's the great thing about being a coach is that you get to decide those things and uh, and you'll be able to fix it when you see it's not working. And, and I think every coach has gone through that. You know, Barry, one of the things you, you mentioned there, I think that was so good that I want to come back to is this idea of practice planning and how separation is in preparation. And would you, would you explain as a coach who's, who's won over 950 games, who's been a head coach for over 32 years, longer than some of our, our coaches on this call have been alive, you still do practice planning. Why? Well, I, I think when I was at George Mason, I, again, I was amazed at the, the time and the, and the detail and the effort that Coach Brown put in to his schedules. And it, and it just, and I kept them um, because in my mind, as, as a coach, I envisioned myself being a head coach one day. That was my goal. At about 20, 21 years old, I don't know exactly when it hit me, I said, I'm going to be a head coach in college. I'm going to be a Division One. That was my goal. So I, I had the goal, I had the focus. So you know, noticing those practice plans and I noticed how they work. Now, as a, and I was a head coach my first year, I was 24 years old. Okay. And I have a junior college program that's never done a thing. It was perfect. The, the field was awful. The backstop's falling down. We didn't have dugouts. There's picket fence behind me. I mean, it was great. And I say that people laugh and like look at me like you're crazy. No, it's perfect because that's exactly what a 24 year old should get. You know, I'm not, I haven't done anything. All right. So, every day I would sit down and I would basically recreate Billy Brown's practice schedule on my paper. Exactly. I can do it right now. And you know what? If you go to practice, the players see that you're organized. The players know they learn the acronyms. They learn how the schedule's going to run. You know, we, we would make copies and hand it out. They would get one. We, we talk about, it and this is what we're doing. And, and to this day, we do that. Why? Because it's just part of my routine that I feel I need to do to, do, to be successful. Uh, I would not be as successful as I've been be, if I wasn't organized. And I think that's important. Organization is, is huge. Uh, writing things down, being able to follow a schedule. I know that, you know, in the mental performance game, it's about knowing where you got to be. Last week, you looked at uh, Kyler Murray's schedule. OK, it's easy to follow it when you have it. And you know what, I, what else I've always noticed? We get so much more done. Mm. I would ask a player, hey, we just I said, how long do you think we've been out here? 
he'd, he'd say, you know, an hour and a half. Let's say, no, 45 minutes. And look what we've gotten done. You know, so I think it, it eliminates a lot of the BS. You know, you one thing to the next. You have a plan. You have a vision of what practice is going to look like. You put it on paper. And you know what happens too, Brian, is if, is if it doesn't go right that day, because you've been able to organize, you're able to make the adjustment on the fly a lot easier. You know, you don't have to guess. You can remember a drill you you done or something else that worked. I just think it's, um, I think it's an absolute for me. And I think any young coach, it had. I would, I would say, if you don't do that, then players are going to notice that. Mm. You're not going to get as much done, and somebody's going to beat you. Well, I think it's the same with mental performance coaching. When I go in to work with a team, like this past weekend, I was down in San Antonio working with a Division One college baseball program, and you know, and and this week I'll be with one up in the state of Washington. And when I go in to work with those teams. I got to have a plan going in of if I got, okay, I got a 90 minute team session. What am I installing in this 90 minute team session? I'm not going in to figure it out at the time. I'm not going in and going by feel. Now there's an art. I think when you're teaching in front of a group to know when am I giving too much information, read the audience and I'm losing them. When can I step on the accelerator? Maybe give them more because they're with me because they were prepared coming in. So you're feeling that I think as the teacher and the coach in that moment, but you got to know what you want to install. And I think with, with having a plan of what to install, how coach Davis, have you been able to take, when we're talking about installing now a leadership plan, one of the questions that came in was, was said, how do I install the five pillars in my program? And I think as a head coach, you've uncovered that when you interviewed these nine top college coaches, I mean, let's review these programs again, right? University of Virginia, Virginia Tech, Louisville, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Duke, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina, St. John's. And for those that are not into, I know we've got coaches from all different sports here. Virginia, multiple-time national champion. Vanderbilt, multiple-time national champion. They won it. Uh, they played. They won it in 2019. No one won it in 20. They, they lost in the finals to Mississippi State this year. Ray Tanner, South Carolina, back-to-back national champions. It was the athletic director there in the SEC, Gary Gilmore, Coastal Carolina, national champions. So you interviewed coaches that have been very successful. And when you uncovered these five pillars of leadership, how have you maybe changed your mindset after uncovering this to make sure that you are coaching leadership and leadership development, that you're being consistent and communicating consistently, that you set real clear standards and expectations, that you're recruiting and staffing the right fit, and that you're modeling that growth mindset? Like, how has this changed how you operate in your program, this research that you've done in these five findings on these five pillars? Well, I think the, the, the thing that I've found when I'm, when I'm talking to you or a group of people or anyone that it helps me, mm. you know, it's almost like I'm saying to myself, these, this is what you need to do. And I'm also almost telling myself, you need to do this as well. Mm. And I, I reflect and look back and say, okay, well, which of these five pillars do my failing on growth mindset? I knock that out of the ballpark. That is, that has never been a problem. Never been a problem. Standards, standards have always been high. Okay. Can I set them higher? Like we had a meeting today. We just went to the regionals last year. We said to ourselves, well, winning the MAC championship now is some secondary. We got to go the next step. Mm. We can win a regional. I mean, we have to work extremely hard. Okay, so the standards. So you go through these things and the consistency, probably not as consistent. So now I need to be aware of, of I'll be a little bit more emotionally intelligent about what's going on around me. 
Can I make sure that we're talking the same way? Have I done that? Mm, maybe, maybe not. I think I've always been a good leader because I've always, I've been a worker. I've always been a hard worker. I've always, you know, I can get in the weight room with them and I can go do workouts with them. They see me up on the, up on the field early sometimes. You know, I get up with them at 530, whatever, whenever it's needed. So leadership and setting the example, I don't think it's ever been a problem for me. So what it's done, though, is it's make me it makes me reflect more and to try to be a better coach. And I think if I follow these five, uh, there's some other things in there, like you talk about building trust, having courage, those types of things uh, are, are important. Getting buy in. Um, you know, developing an inner interpersonal relationship with them um, a little better. I'm not as good at that uh, as as maybe some other guys are. But I think again, it's a growth mindset. It's a it's always working. It's always you know a work in progress. You know, individual. And I think everybody's doing that. I don't think there's anybody on this call um, and anybody that you ever work with, Brian, that wants to get better. And when you leave them, they don't quit. They keep working. Mm you know, to, to improve. So these five have really opened my eyes to what we do and what I can do better. Love it. Again, we're here with Dr. Barry Davis. He's the head baseball coach, Ryder University, talking about the five pillars of leadership. What is that what you call them, coach? The five pillars of leadership? What exactly do you, do you I, call um, I The five pillars of transformation and sustainability, um, you know, that, that would be basically, because what you're doing is you're transforming a poor program and then you're being able to sustain it. So, but but the leadership aspect of it, if you could you know, you could take all five and just say it's just leadership, and then just have the little subcategories. Um, you know, I tried to narrow it down. I mean, you really have seven when you got consistency and consistent communication. But I felt like the word consistent. I think the word consistent is huge among coaching, among leadership. Consistent. The other word that I hear a lot is intentional and deliberate. You know, no one intentionally <laughs> does anything, you know, uh, what's the, what's the guy, Sir Edmund Hillary. Yeah. He went for a walk and he ended up at the, at the top of Mount Everest. Everest. No, how did I get here? Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he figured it out, you know, he had a plan. Um, yeah. so, you know, all the people that do great things, do things intentionally mm. and for a reason. As they say, right, it doesn't happen by accident. It only happens by intention. And, you know, this Coaching Matters group coaching program and podcast didn't happen by accident either. So I want to take a moment to once again, you know, recognize Fundraising University and owner Mike Bahoon is the official sponsor for the Coaching Matters group coaching podcast. And I also, you know, realize that as coaches, growing the program and creating the program that you want and providing the experience for yourself, your staff, and your players that you want, that transformational experience, that doesn't happen by accident either. And you've got you've to have the funding to provide the experience that, you're, that your coaches and athletes are, are begging for, the experience that you're looking for as a coach that you want to provide. And during this time when, when budgets can be tight and, and you, know, you have to do some of that on your own, Fundraising University can be a big help. And for our current coaches that are here, if you want to learn how to fundraise between ten dollars to $45,000 in just one hour, please visit fundraisingu.net and click on Start Fundraising to sign up today so you can help your program dream big and raise more. And for our coaches listening to this, if you're interested in becoming a Coaching Matters ambassador coach in your state and earning five to $20,000 part-time, please contact Fundraising You CEO and owner Mike Bahoon, and his email address is mbahoon, that's M B A. 
B-A-H-U-N, at fundraisingu.net. Again, M. Bahoon, B-A-H-U-N, for Mike Bahoon, at fundraisingu, you, the university, fundraisingu.net, to inquire about our new ambassador coach program. Speaking of coaches, Coach Barry Davis, we got some questions coming in from our coaches who are with us live, and one of them came in from, from Tom Metis uh, from Glenbrook South High School in Chicago, and he said, Dr. Davis, you mentioned about leaders being readers. What are the best books that you're reading right now, and what are the top five books you'd recommend? Top five books. All right. What am I reading now? I got it right here. That's, 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 that's what I have. And right now I'm about halfway through. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, Tim Grover trained Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, and Dwayne Wade and a number of other. Um, and, and, and it's more, I, as I would describe it, it's kind of an in your face type of, you know, the, the success that, you know, he is, he is bringing another level of training to people that are already elite. You know, it's 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 um, it's it's something that that I that I find uh, as as a growing up watching Michael Jordan play. I mean, and and, and all those guys, especially Jordan, um, to to find out how hard they worked and what he did uh, in in the evolution of Kobe, and it's it's really good. You know, winning is just it's dirty, it's unruly, it's not fun. You know, it's it's it kind of gives you a different look of the work ethic that these guys put in to be as good as they are. This is one I just finished. Mm. Shift Your Mind by Brian Levinson. And what I liked about this, and this was this came to me, uh, my wife, Brett, who, who's on the call here, uh, she said this was a, the book that she started to read. And I said, you know what? I kind of like it. What it is, it's the, it's the mental preparation from taking it from practice to performance, mm. the mind shift. And one of the one is being humble in your work, but being arrogant in your play. One of them is putting the work in and then actually playing. You know, there's nine shifts. So I would say those those are the two most recent books that I've read. And what I do once I read them uh, is I go back into a notebook and then I and I take notes. This is another one that I just finished as well. What drives winning? I bought this for my staff, and I think it has uh, a lot of good a good uh, points on the college level. It's a college book, um, you know, Mike Shostakovich, Tim Corbin, uh, Gina R.M., you know, those guys. So that's one. So I always go back and review the book, highlight the book. I write in the book, uh, and I try to recreate that. Uh, other stories that I think is the, one of the best books I've ever read, and I just finished it about a month or a half ago, The Boys in the Boat. And just unbelievable uh, and how a group of nine people came together and won a gold medal in Germany uh, with Hitler, you know, overseeing that uh, uh, college kids and, and during the depression. And I thought it was a fascinating story. And it, it was, it had a lot of coaching points because he talks about the coach and how he develops the team. It, it's really good, you know, and it's a story too. And it's a true story and it's a, and it's a fun read. I know you read unbroken Brian, you know, recently, and uh, that really, um, struck a chord with you uh, emotionally and, and the, the, what he went through uh, to make it where he did. So those are some books. Um, if you go to the website, uh, drbarrydavis.com, I do have a leadership book section that I review a number of books uh, that you can, you can look at and um, purchase. 
And certainly you can get in touch with me as well and, and discuss that. But I, I do my best to read uh, as much as I can. Awesome. And, and I, you know, I love coach that you mentioned the strategy of you're not just reading for entertainment, right? And I, and I have a, a daily podcast called mental performance daily. And one of the, one of the recent episodes that we came out with was about the three E ratio. And the three E ratio is the ratio of where you spend your free time. And is that free time going to education? Does it go into entertainment? Does it go into building energy? And, you know, having the time where, when I came to, to Ryder to work with you in your program, we might've worked out like three times while I was there. Once I think in the basement of your house, once in the weight room there, and maybe once running around, around the, the, the campus. Talk about the importance of energy and keeping yourself physically fit as a coach. Cause as a guy who at one point was 240 and now weighed in this morning at 180, almost uh, you know, 60 pounds ago, I, wa- I wasn't always into exercise because I didn't value, maybe I didn't understand and make the connection to like, well, if I want to be good at my job and that's going to require time, but if I work out and I build energy and I keep myself fit, I'm going to be able to get more done in less time because I'll have better focus, better energy, better stress management skills. Why is it that you're so passionate about working out yourself? It's a good question. I I've always, I guess when I was in high school, I was small, really small. I'm not very big now, but I was really small. And the one way to to be get on the field was to lift weights, you know, condition myself. So it became a habit that it became part of my day. And I like the way it made me feel. Um, I mean, I've gone through uh, different phases where I wanted to be real big and strong, put on weight. You know, then I'm like, well, that doesn't work. That doesn't, no, I don't like that. So let's cut the weight. Let's get, you know, you know, high rep, you know, all weight, try to cut myself up. Um, I, I've always enjoyed it. I think the, I mean, it just the other day, Brett and, uh, and I are doing this workout and we can barely talk when we're done. And it's like, it's not, it, it's not fun, but it's, but it is. Mm. And I, and I think it's just become, I feel like when I go to practice, I have energy. I, I can run around, I can throw batting practice, I can hit, I can, you know, I can, you know, I just have, ex- I can be excited. I'm not as tired. Uh, I can go longer. Uh, it just, it makes me feel good. Uh, I feel like, you know, it, you know, exercise and eating properly, I think is a big thing uh, that, that you certainly, I mean, you, you lost a lot of weight. I'm sure you just didn't do it by running. I'm sure you changed your diet and changed your approach there. And I think it just becomes a habit and it, and it becomes enjoyable uh, you know, it's like the, the Zig Ziglar once said, you know, he, he was overweight and he, and he did, he hated to run. So he ran one mailbox, you know, and then he ran two mailboxes. Then he ran around the block. The next thing you know, and he's running a mile, then he's running two miles and the weight started to come off and he became, you know, then he started to enjoy running. Mm. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's just become part of my life. It's part of my day. And I make time for it, whether it's early in the morning or even at night. When I get home, when I probably really don't feel like it. So it's the old, uh, you know, you know, your feelings, your commitments greater than your feelings. Mm. So that's, that's, that's the other thing, you know, you're, I'm committed to doing it. I don't really feel like doing it, but then once I'm doing it, I'm like, okay, let's get it done. You know, 
And, C, uh, C greater than F equals R, right? Commitment yeah. greater than feelings is actually going to equal results, right? right. So you got to recommit to your commitments. Your commitments got to be bigger than your feelings. You got to understand that as a coach or as an athlete, your actions will change your feelings. Do not let your feelings dictate your actions. The hardest part about working out in the morning is getting going. The hardest part about writing is sitting down at the computer to start writing. It's the start that stops most people. And, you know, Coach Davis, fortunately for the coaching community, fortunately for your athletes, you know, you, you, you got started as a coach when you were 24 years old. And one of the questions comes in from Charlie here. He says, what's the most important thing about leadership that you know now you wish you knew when you were 24 years old and a young coach that was working on that beat up field? <laughs> well, the, the beat up field, uh, I would say in one word, uh, well, I, I, I typed back to him. I said, patience. Hmm. I think being a little more patient. And I think the other thing that I've, that I've learned and I think if I knew would be to control uh, the, what you can control and, and just let go of certain things that you can't control. I think that's that's become important. So patience would be big, though, um, you know, having patience at practice, having patience in the games and just letting things develop before you before you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Uh I mean, I, I, at, when I, at 20, I mean, I don't know, it took a long time to be, and even today there's times when you get excited and because you're intense and you, and you want to win and you want to be good at what you do and you, and you want to make sure they're playing at the level that you want them to play at because you're, you want to be a winner. You want to win. Um, so, but patience would be one and just trying to let go of things you can't control as best you can. And, uh, you know, the deep breath, you know, relax, you know, the E plus R equals O type thing. I think those are things I've learned here in the, re in the recent years that I that I had no idea. I had no idea. All I knew back then was we're going to outwork them. Yeah. We're going to outwork them. I mean, it didn't, it, did, it, it didn't matter. We would crawl out of the weight room. I mean, we'd run. We'd, it didn't matter. And you know what? Back then, you could do that. Yeah. And those kids, uh, they were tough. And uh, if you don't do that, you can't do that as much now. And the NCAA almost prevents you from doing that, right? And saying that, right. hey, you're you're going to get four hours, you're going to get four hours in a day with them, you know. And and then and then if you go four hours in five minutes, then a lot of times, you know, you've got someone from compliance or you have an athlete who's going to turn you in. And it's like, okay, well, now we've got to get better with the time that we have because we don't have unlimited time. And I remember Ken Revisa always would, would share the story as he'd say when the NCAA first came, let's call it in the early '90s or a late nineties, whatever year it was, you, you would probably know coach when they said, okay, now we're going to cut back from eight, eight, six hours a day to four hours a day, or from 30 hours a week, to 20 hours a week. And a lot of teams would go, Ken, I'm sorry, we can't work with you. We don't have enough time. And Dave snow, who was the head coach at long beach called Ken and said, Ken, we got to do more with the mental game because we have less time on the field. Our time on the field has to be better than it's ever been. Our guys need to learn how to focus. They need to learn how to let go of negative things that happen during practice and get on to the next pitch. He goes, we need mental game more now than ever because we have less time. I always thought that was fascinating, you know, and a different way to look at it. And any kind of think things, thoughts here, coach, as we kind of wrap it up, I want to give one more thank you and kind of give you an opportunity, maybe Coach Davis, to think about this question uh, as I give a quick thank you and, and, and another announcement here. But if you could remove the skull cap of everyone listening here tonight, live and on our podcast, and you could plant one seed of success that they would take with them. Let me give you a minute to think about that. What's that one seed that you would plant with them? And while you're thinking about that, coach, 
I just want to once again say thank you again to everybody for, for being on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast sponsored by Fundraising University. If you're listening to this on the podcast and you want to participate in live sessions, simply go to briancane.com slash coaching dash matters. You'll be able to see that in our notes below the episode here. Also, if you're listening to this and you're looking as a way to raise more funds for your program, so you can rate, or if you're looking to be an ambassador to help other programs in your school and your community raise funds, and you want to get paid to do so, Fundraising University is always looking for individuals who are competitive, empathetic, organized, self-starters, and teachable. And if you're interested, contact Mike Bahoon. He's the CEO and president of, of uh, Fundraising University and Coaching Matters. It's mbahoon at fundraisingu.net to inquire about assistant coach or area representative positions open within Fundraising University. And if you visit uh, fundraisingu.net slash franchising, you can find out more about becoming a franchise owner within Fundraising University. All that will be listed in our show notes below. Dr. Davis, you can remove that skull cap of everyone listening today and plant one seed. What would that one seed be, my friend? I think, I think you have to have a vision about where you're going. Uh, what is your goal? What are the, what is the plan that you have? The action plan that's going to develop the skills to live the life you want to live. And what is your vision? What are you shooting for? And I, and I just know that I, for, for years, I would go for runs and I would always in my mind, when I get that job, this is the way our uniforms are going to look. This is the way we're going to practice. This is the way we're going to take batting practice. This is what the meeting's going to look like. I could see myself up in front of the crowd, up in front of the team. I could see the pile up on the field somewhere, you know, and I think that's what I saw. And it just kept me motivated. It kept me focused. And uh, I think if you have that and, you know, and you, you started aligning yourself with the right people, the groups and organizations to kind of, you know, battle through those obstacles because they're going to be obstacles. I mean, I've only gotten three jobs in my life. I've been turned down over 20 to 30 times, but that would say one that, what is it? Like when you lay in the bed at night, what do you think? What keeps you up thinking like what great things you're going to do? And I always thought that this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I want to do. And if you don't have that, you're kind of just wandering around. I love that. You know, as they say, right, without, without a vision, coaches, teams, people, they perish. Everything starts with the vision. In the history of the world, nothing's ever been done until it is. And when it is, then people will think, you're, they might think you're crazy until you do it. They might think you're crazy thinking you want to go get a PhD as a Division I college baseball coach, and then you do, and they want to know how you got it done. How'd you manage that time? How'd you manage all that, right? So if you don't have a vision, people will perish. Dr. Barry Davis, head baseball coach, Ryder University. It's been an absolute privilege and an honor to have you join us here with Coaching Matters. People can get a hold of you, I know, at your website, drbarrydavis.com. Is there a place on social media, Twitter or Instagram, where they can engage with you if they've got more questions that are interested in maybe having you come speak at a clinic, speak or work with their team? Yeah, so you can go to Twitter at, at barrydavis42. And my Instagram account is at drbarrydavis42. You can go to the website again at drberrydavis.com. There's a there's a spot there where you can get in contact with me if you if you want to uh, 
have me come to an event, speak at an event, uh, you know, come talk to your teams or a group of people, you know, players, organizations, anything. Fantastic. Again, stay in contact with coach Dr. Barry Davis. That's drbarrydavis.com at Barry Davis 42 on Twitter and Dr. Barry Davis on Instagram. Thanks for joining us here tonight, Dr. Barry Davis. Hey, we'll see you in Omaha. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out this week's Coaching Matters podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.